Hello and welcome to another episode of Back of the Grid. I'm your host, Stu Greenwood, and I'm joined, as always, by Chris Evans. Evening. And Tom King. Hello. And this episode, we are going to trigger some Ferrari fans, guys. (laughs) We've got one heck of a show for you lined up. Um, But before we do that, shall we talk about Ericsson's crash in practice? Yeah, that was um, a big one, wasn't it? (laughs) That was a monster crash. Horror crash, wasn't it? And he just obviously just walked away. He was in qualifying and free practice free the next day. Um, Real demonstration of how safe these cars are these days. Yeah, totally. For a shunt like that, I think that was, I'd say that one was worse than um, Alonso's one in Australia. Definitely a lot more rotation in it, wasn't there? And it obviously happened at high speed, so I guess that's part of the reason for it I guess yeah something like 34G I think it was he pulled while he was was it spinning yeah. through the air something ridiculous like that yeah oh my goodness that's insane it's, am- it's amazing they can stay conscious when they're spinning yeah that it fast. really is I guess that's one of the reasons for the sensors isn't it that causes you to have to have a medical checkup if that sensor goes off to say that you've hit so many G's is yeah because we, we know that they're quite sort of superhuman in some aspects with like the reactions and and sort of the, some of the physical fitness they have to go through, like n- even the neck strength and stuff to deal with the cars. But yeah, you've <laughs> to survive through that and not like just be forced to pass out from the pressure of it yeah. is quite insane. Yeah, insane. <laughs> I suppose it's not, I guess, because it's not sustained, because it's not a constant rotation over a period of seconds, it's more a period of. Well, over a period yeah. of minutes, it's more a period yeah, of seconds. I guess that so. It's so short that the blood never quite gets away from the brain because that's what knocks you out isn't it when you're rotating like that it's the blood going to your feet or whatever yeah yeah it's also a demonstration of how dangerous drs failing can be like we we kind of take drs for granted as a thing that exists now and like you you know people just have an opinion one or the other on whether they think drs is good for the sport or not but it's potentially very dangerous because if you hadn't suddenly have no rear wing when you're expecting rear wing i mean that's exactly what happens yeah yeah, I said to you over the weekend, like when I saw it happen, I that does not do much for my um, movable aerodynamics argument in Formula One. Yes, no, <laughs> not much at all. It's, I guess it's it, it's an example of as well why, generally speaking, the most of the movable aero stuff, other than something like DRS, has been outlawed because at least if they're regulating one particular thing, it's a lot easier to keep control of to ensure that generally those things don't happen but i found it a little bit worrying that they um they sent leclerc out to test afterwards and suddenly he was uh, complaining that he was having issues with it shutting as yeah. well and he had to come back in once the session restarted so they've obviously been doing i guess something from an aero setup point of view that's maybe well, compromised it it seems like it was a problem with their Monza specific rear wing. Obviously, most teams yeah. run like a crazy skinny wing at Monza, um, and they actually just abandoned that wing and switched back to a kind of, I guess, more normal spec ring, wing for the rest of the weekend, which obviously massively compromised them because they were incredibly slow on the straights with all that drag. Um, yeah, yeah, 
Yeah. So the actual like thing that was happening to the wing itself, um, I saw was that the flap had opened up, but then after a period of time, if the pressure got too high as it was going forward, if the air pressure got too high, it'd actually push it up a, that, a little bit more. And you can see it in the crash. If you look at the rear camera, oh, really? you see the wing just like flip up that extra bit. And that's when it gets jammed open. Ah, interesting. Yeah. It's not until the car goes into a rotation that it actually, the air pressure changes such that the weight, the weight of the wing pulls it back down. Mm. The weight yeah. of the flap pulls it back down. Because apparently um, they're also built with like a fail safe that if something does break on DRS, they kind of, actuates that opens and closes it like defaults to the closed position so if something fails it, yeah. in, in theory should flip itself close but yeah i guess if it's just gone open too far it's getting itself stuck and then can't yeah. close again it, it's because they use the air pre- they're designed such that the air pressure pushes it back down yeah. um and if it flips up too far it, the air pressure would start working the the, the opposite way it'd start to work like an aeroplane wing yeah yeah because the air pressure would be higher underneath it and pushing up and that is why his wheels at the back had no grip because he's actually yeah. generating lift at, the, yeah. at that point he's actually generating lift at the rear and that is no so good obviously immediately going to lock up your rear brakes and get speared into a wall mm-hmm. so that was that that was that accident which was absolutely terrifying to see but the halo did its job as well yeah. um i don't know if you guys spoke about the halo much last week at length yeah, i think yeah <laughs> but, yeah enough um, another <laughs> yeah another um another sauber halo doing its job yeah yeah and yeah that was probably about all all the interesting stuff that happened through uh through practice pretty much i think yeah um, that i saw yeah yeah it was a washout first session was a washout um so we'll move on to quali which was actually super entertaining chris you watched quali one of probably one of the best qualifying sessions i've watched in a very long time um like as much as ferrari had been fastest throughout the whole weekend they were still like everyone was trading times and it still could have gone one of three or four ways and there's yeah. that amazing moment i think in q2 like we always expected um, Montoya's absolute fastest ever lap record to fall during qualifying. But we had, I can't remember the order of them, but it was Hamilton, Vettel and Raikkonen were all on their fast laps or within a second or two of each other. And the record just went like within a few seconds, one after the other, the same record got beaten three times within the space of about five seconds. I think it was in that precise order that you said it because I'm (laughs) sure Hamilton went through, then Vettel, and then obviously Raikkonen followed Vettel through. So it probably was that one. Yeah, they must be some of the shortest records ever held in Formula One. Like (laughs) they literally had that record for maybe a second and a half. Do you think maybe that it's a record for the shortest record held? <laughs> it might be, yeah. It's a, double record. It's a, a record within a record. It's like record inception. <laughs> um, yeah, so it was a awesome quality session. Yeah. Um, by Chris's account. It was, yeah. I didn't see it. I, I, no, I, was, I was in a car of my own driving <laughs> up a motorway, so I, I didn't see it. It and, was entertaining, and I, I was quite surprised by the end of Q3, how close the Mercedes, more particularly of Hamilton, obviously, but because what Bottas was like another four tenths behind. Uh, yeah, I think it was half it. a second so, between the two of them. Yeah, so it was a little bit more off the pace, but I was quite surprised how close to the Ferraris Hamilton actually was, in, in all honesty, because uh, I wasn't expecting that, not to be that close. No. Um, no. I think that's the difference with ha- Hamilton and Bottas. I think Hamilton, obviously Hamilton's a a better driver there's no doubt about that but it's the fact that he can the evidence of that is the fact that he can take that car he's got the same thing alonso's got he can take the car beyond its capabilities yeah, yeah. 
and it, that's what it feels like he did in that qualifying session. It feels like he pushed it over the edge without been in it. Yeah, yeah. And only, only the best drivers can do that. Yeah, exactly. And it it almost felt like Seb had an almost weekend of the opposite, where you know he didn't he didn't have much running in some of the practice sessions. He didn't seem on it in qualifying. There was that incident where I can't remember which practice session it was, but he sort of ended up backwards through the gravel and damaged the rear wing. Like it just, he didn't seem quite with it a lot of the weekend going into no, he didn't anyway. Um, mm. Which is possibly why Lewis was as close to him. I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm trying to work out in my head how much to weigh it in, sort of what Lewis is capable of against how out of form Vettel appeared to be going into qualifying. Yeah. I mean, I think the thing is, like, Vettel was pretty angry after qualifying that he wasn't on pole. And some people mm-hmm. read into that. Maybe he was upset that he was the one giving Kimi the toe rather than vice versa. But actually, if you watch Vettel's Q3 lap, it's fairly scrappy. Um, yeah. He made a few yeah. mistakes. And I think I think the fact that he could have a scrappy lap and still get second ahead of Hamilton probably still showed the outright pace the Ferrari had during qualifying. Yes. Um, but yeah, it was it wasn't a pole position lap for sure, and it was you know it was I think most people were happy to see Kimi get a pole position. It's his first one oh. in quite yeah, a while. I was I hyped. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I couldn't believe that. when I when I saw the result, I was super pleased. I couldn't believe my eyes. I was like, yes, Kimi. I think the least excited person about it was Kimi. <laughs> well, yeah. I, and 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 his engineer over the radio yeah. to it's like, you have pole, Kimi. Thank you. Like. What was that radio exchange? Yeah. I think we're so used to like these sort of really long sort of radio exchanges, aren't we, that they broadcast that it is quite strange when someone's like... Whole business. Yep, nice one. Thanks. Yeah, down to business. But that's Kimi Raikkonen. That's why we love yeah, Kimi Raikkonen. That is very true. He means business. He has no time for flim flam. <laughs> um, so he definitely won't be listening to this podcast. Uh, <laughs> shall we move on to the race? Let's. I saw a race. Um, okay, let's talk race. What a race. I mean... What a race. And what a race, yeah. Okay, shall we start at the beginning? And then we'll go through yes. the talking points yeah. in some sort of vague chronological order. Yeah. Um. So, at this race start, Hartley was out before the first corner. Um, collision with Van Dorn, resulting in a pretty spectacular suspension explosion on the... Um, yeah. On Hartley's car. It was quite cool to see. Just you could see it rattling and more and more and more resonance until pop it... Yeah, it I think it was um, Chain Bear on Twitter said it looked like when physics go weird in a video game. Like, <laughs> yeah, it just sort of wobble yeah. itself to bits. Yeah. Did you notice that the hit from Van Dorn sort of sandwiched him into yeah. one of the Saubers as well, which obviously wouldn't have helped? Um, I can't remember which of the two Saubers it was, but he sort of, as well as Van Dorn, he kind of ended up making consequential contact with... Well, uh, it was... One it was actually the, the contact with the sour that broke the wheel. It was Van Dorn kind I of thought, clicked his yeah. wing and took some of the front wing off. And then, yeah, I mean, it's interesting that it looked like the wheels landed side by side and the sour seemed to get off fine. And then Hartley's car just like it felt a bit like his suspension was made of spaghetti yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunate. Um, I was very, I was partic- I was particularly disappointed to see Hartley go out first because I was, I had Gasly as my first <laughs> DNA, and I was, t- I, I didn't, I specifically didn't pick Hartley because I feel like we've been too harsh on him lately. <laughs> and I thought, no, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go the other Toro, so I'll go Gasly, and look what, it, look what it got me. Stoffel yeah. Van Dorn ruined that for you. 
Yeah, thanks, Stoff. Um, what do we think this effect this had on Stoffel's stock at McLaren? Do you think, if any, <laughs> do you think the decision to bring Lando in was already made before? Yeah, I don't think this... it will have been made based on that. I think that that decision that's happened has probably been in the works for a little while and maybe a few things have just been finalised going into this weekend for them to be able to announce it. Um, but I don't think that's like a contributing factor. I think he could probably no. have been on the podium and he still wouldn't have <laughs> saved his seat, to be honest, at this point. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think you're right. It's a shame for stuff. But we'll get to, we'll get to that later in the news. Um, so... Onto the uh, the next exciting part of the race, into, which the, was into the meaty stuff. Into the, the let, let's get let's get to the good stuff. It's the good stuff. Finally, we're only thirteen. Years <laughs> um, Vettel and Hamilton at the second chicane. The, Hamilton goes around the outside. Um, Vettel spins. Whose fault was it? Was it a racing incident? And um, then, I think it's a racing incident. Yeah. Um, Obviously, lots of people have a strong opinion either way. Um, it just, to me, looked a lot like Vettel tried at the inside and just understeered into Hamilton. I mean, Vettel was unlucky that it's not very often you see contact in a corner and it's the car on the inside that spins. Yeah. That doesn't happen very often. I think yeah. he was pretty unlucky that he came off that bad from it. But Yeah, but I think that's... I, I, for him to for that to have happened he's looked like through the whole weekend i think he's looked really really sort of tank slappy yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it comes back to that but, point like before that i was sort of saying going into the week, yeah. he, just, he hasn't seemed right all weekend and like you say you know he's he's had the back end round a couple of times in practice and stuff like that so it's whether it's a setup thing that's just made that back end incredibly sensitive to to something like that i don't know but I agree with you that he's like he'd been at it all weekend, really losing the back end, yeah. hadn't he? So I think the yeah. more interesting thing is the fact that like Kimi got a great start. Kimi was always going to be through mm-hmm. turn one in the lead. I mean, he did lock up on the way in, but yeah. he's still always going to be through yeah. turn one in the lead. But Vettel felt the need to try to like make the move stick immediately and he tried he like jumped out of Kimmy's slipstream to try and go to the outside then went back to the inside to defend from Hamilton all before turn one and as a result of that Mm. he ended up sort of not taking the ideal line through one and two which I think is probably what allowed Hamilton to get the run on him into uh, four and as a result of that he then had to make this slightly desperate defence of second place which is kind of well we all know how that went and yeah, it's just one of many scrappy things I think this weekend, and maybe you know, maybe it's yeah. maybe it's the pressure on him. Like he's the guy with the best shot of giving Ferrari a championship in probably a decade. Years. Yeah, turning yeah. up to Monza where everybody is there to see him win. Like that's a lot of pressure to put on someone, and in almost expected mm. to win by most people. Yeah, definitely. From like from within definitely the sport. everyone on this podcast. Yeah, everyone. but that, that's yeah. it. Like it, it was expected. Like the the progress that Ferrari have made in this season, um, and like you know coming into the season and continuing throughout it, with the progress they had made and the the gap that they were starting to build to Mercedes in certain races, we were expecting that they had enough in them to 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 keep Mercedes in the pocket and um possibly eke out a one two. So. 
yeah. there was a lot of pressure on him, and I, I don't know if maybe that that is part of it. Um, maybe he did. I think there's definitely an element of of yeah, he probably cracked a little bit under the pressure. Mm. Um, going into just on the just on the on what happened, like Hamilton absolutely had that corner. Like by the time they're on the second part of the chicane, Hamilton yeah, is totally. almost Hamilton's wheels are well ahead of. Um, uh, Hamilton's front wheels are well ahead of Vettel's front wheels. Yeah. So anyone who says that Hamilton deliberately crashed into Vettel, I think it, it's just mad. Do you want to hear what the haters have got to say about it? <laughs> Let's have a bit I've of it. I've been on the internet and I found some comments. Um <clears throat> so I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to read this one out to you and let's see if you can figure out where this person's from. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. Tactic was to wipe Vettel out. Simple as usual. Louise Shamilton gets lucky again. <laughs> gets lucky again and is smiling and positive again. Won't be smiling end of season. Then there's an expletive, which I won't read out. And then it says Forza Ferrari. Guess where that person's from? Uh, um, I'd say um, Brackley. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Uh, I was hoping you'd say Italy. Oh, Italy, of course. Oh, like, it's no not. It's not Italy. Now. No, 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 no. I was no, oh. no. Well, he wasn't from oh. Italy. This oh, is right. legit. This is the thing. He's not from Italy. He's from Manchester. Oh, we go. Oh, <laughs> so we. So we're actually <laughs> nearly with our sarcastic guesses. Yeah, you're a lot. <laughs> yeah, you were closer with the sarcasm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got another one as well. Just one. Just one more on this. Um, <laughs> this one's even better. But perhaps Ferrari now needs to use Kimi to help Vettel as he's the one likely to challenge for the championship. Mercedes are doing it openly. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Ooh, that's it. It's like, um, that's yeah, it. maybe that's now they need on. to start using Kimmy. Maybe. Now, <laughs> anyway. I, like, I don't want us to come across like anti-Ferrari or anything, but I have seen, like, obviously we'll get to what happened later in the race, but I have seen a number of things online, people saying like, I can't believe Mercedes using these team tactics to win. It's like, have you not been watching Ferrari yeah. for like the entire season? season. Thirty yeah. years. Well, since, since forever, <laughs> yeah. basically. Since like two thousand and five, probably. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. But I think that's, anyway. I think that's another interesting thing though. It's like obviously this season there's been a lot of cases where Kimmy's strategy has been compromised to put Vettel in the lead. Mm. Do like is it possible that Vettel didn't expect that to happen this weekend? Like the fact that he tried to take the lead into turn one, was that him knowing that he actually needed to like do it on the track? Like, do you really mm. think that like I I think if Ferrari basically took a win off Raikkonen at Monza, I think a lot of people there would have been very unhappy about that. Because we know how popular yeah, Kimmy is. So maybe yeah. Vettel knew that if he wanted to win that race, he had to actually win it on track and he wasn't just going to be given yeah. better strategy. Yeah, maybe that was one of the few occasions like that it would come down to that. Like hmm. In a lot of scenarios, we do see Kimmy's strategy compromised or from a pit point of view or whatever to, to use him more defensively. But yeah, if Kimmy's in the lead and and it's not Vettel at the end of the day, if Kimmy can push it and, and take that win... Ferrari want a win at Monza, full stop. It doesn't really matter to them who's yeah. in the driving seat, does it? No. Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as it's Raikkonen and Vettel in the driving seat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I've, I, I'm, I'm, you've taken the words out of my mouth. I think Ferrari were in this this weekend for Ferrari, and it, they didn't really care who won it. Yeah, as long totally. as they, they were in a Ferrari car. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, Vettel lost his head. Vettel was trying to win it in the first corner, as he has done so mm. often this season. I can think of four occasions where he's tried to win the race in the first few corners. Um, I won't go through them <laughs> here now because he, he has done it though. Because like, it's not interesting. Like but yeah, um, seems as though the pressure was really, really on Vettel this weekend because he knew he wasn't going to get the support that he's been probably used Possibly, to yeah. all season. Um, so that leads us sort of semi nicely into the Raikkonen Hamilton duel on lap two. Once once uh, Vettel had been dispatched, <laughs> um, Hamilton had Raikkonen to deal with, and it was a heck of a duel, wasn't that it? That was like one of the best like twenty seconds of racing I think we've had in years. Like yeah, that like I so I missed the race live, and I'd already sort of seen the result. And even then, watching the replay, like I was properly on the edge of my seat watching that. It was so good, and and I think above all, it was like that was the Kimi Raikkonen of old that won races that like we all know and love. Like that was proper feisty, fast racing from Kimi, which yeah. is so good to see because he's not had that much of a chance to do it in recent years. And no, and it's both drivers right. proving that going side by side through those chicanes is perfectly possible. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Compared to what yeah. happened on the first lap, like you know the the move from the move from Kimi on Lewis into what is turns four and five, isn't it? That second yeah. chicane. That to me is yeah. not that dissimilar from the move between Lewis and Vettel on lap one. No, not Grant, at all. Granted, the diff- Raikkonen ends up a little uh, more ahead of. Lewis going into the turn, but I've got a feeling that you know part of that is it's Lewis knowing that Raikkonen's won the corner from him and not being too Possibly, overzealous yeah. and and trying to fight exactly. too hard and you know using the sensible aspect of I'll, I'm going to get back at him next lap or you know coming out of a scary yeah, or something that's like exactly, that. Yeah. You, he's, Hamilton's thinking I'm beat on this corner. Yeah. But this battle may be may be lost. There's a whole war of fifty more laps ahead of me. Yeah, exactly. Where yeah. I can still go for it. That is the that is the difference. And the other point that I, you've got to assume goes through his head at that sort of position is I might be fighting Kimmy for a race lead here, but my main rival championship wise is behind me. So as long as I'm ahead of him, well behind, I'm yeah. gaining points on him. That's the other mm-hmm. thing that surely must be a factor in. Although it's a very split-second decision, you've got to think that a race driver like that factors those things into the way they're driving and Definitely. what they're doing. Yeah, it's Definitely. playing the long game, isn't they it? Do, yeah, he, he, you know, he's had plenty of time to think about that on the run yeah. up to that corner. That's a, that's a that's quite a long run from the first chicane round the uh, Curva Grande to turn four. So he's definitely had the op- a man of his capacity has had the opportunity to for that thought to enter yeah. his mind for sure. Yeah. Um I think I think yeah again with it's, it's it's this thing of it's knowing when you're beat. Vettel doesn't seem to know when he's beat. It even, certainly even, not in the first few laps of a race. Yeah. And it's costing it it's going to cost him a world championship again. It is, yeah. How how, how much is Hamilton in the lead by now? It's the biggest gap we've had all season I think now, isn't it? It's 30 points. Yeah, yeah 30 so points Hamilton can retire from a race and still be in the lead, which is Yeah. Like for most of the season, we were seesawing a handful of points either way. Like this is Hamilton's come out of what should have been the roughest patch of the season. Like if they can get through Singapore fairly unscathed as well, then he's going to be in really good shape for the running. Yeah, like although the Mercedes has been a dominant car at Monza 
in recent years because of the power advantage with that slowly disappearing um and potentially even gone depending on how you look at it like i think i think yeah, gone. yeah. these, think these gone. few some of these races that we're in at the moment were ones where it was almost mercedes coming in with damage limitation on the mind like we've just got to mm. yeah. not lose Absolutely. like lose as few a point we're going to lose points let's lose as few as possible is the mentality and yeah. how true it is i don't know but as part of the like official f1 coverage i heard that nobody from mercedes brought the victory t-shirts for the <laughs> for the photos and stuff because they just weren't expecting to win how true that is or not i don't know but... <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't think no, that's true but you'd always if you're seeing like mercedes <laughs> you've always got one of those in the bottom yeah, of your suitcase so... <laughs> but it, it's like an analogy it sort of i suppose it speaks volumes the fact that you know they quite possibly weren't expecting to win this weekend yeah, I don't think they were expecting to win it. I think you saw in the reaction on 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 the pit wall yeah. and um in in the garage, like they definitely, you know, there were a couple of shots of Toto Wolf and um, uh, Mister Mustachio, ah, boss of Daimler. What's his name? Uh, his name escapes uh, me. You doc- put me under pressure. Doctor, it? it's Doctor something. Doctor Tallman. Doctor Mustache and a great mustache. <laughs> um, he, uh, both their reactions were as if to say, "Well, I cannot believe yeah. we've won that." Yeah, completely. Um, and I couldn't believe they won it either. It's it's one of the best races I've ever seen. Um, so anyway, getting getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. Raikkonen pits on lap twenty one. Um, amazing pit stop, two point two seconds, <sighs> guys. Yeah, fastest pit stop of the race had to be. Um, but was it too early? Well, that that brings me nicely onto something I wanted to bring up. Actually, so obviously the the strategy that pretty much everyone was on was first stint on super softs then to softs for the rest of the race um ferrari took less soft tires with them to this weekend than almost anyone else so hamilton and bottas had three and four sets uh, ricardo and verstappen had three and five sets respectively a lot of other people had like three and four sets uh for ferrari vettel had a single set of softs and raikkonen had two sets which basically meant in practice they did next to no running on what was going to be the tyre they spent the majority of the race on, yeah. So it's no wonder that the tyre they spent the majority of the race on and, importantly, the second stint fell to bits on them. Like, I'm just just amazed by how few sets they took. The only other team that took as few with them was uh, Sauber. They also had one and two. Um, but then again, I guess Sarah, but don't expect, well, they don't plan to be through to Q3 so they can maybe approach the race in a different strategy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I find that really bizarre. So when you look at that, it's no surprise that, so that they misjudged the life of those soft tyres. Yeah. Was the soft the hardest compound? The mediums were there as well, but I don't think many people mediums use the medium. Are, but yeah, you wouldn't have... Um, I don't get why you'd only take two sets of softs. Yeah, it's uh, I guess what, kind one of set crazy. Of mediums then? Um, and then the rest were The only person softs. to use mediums in the race was Magnussen. Everybody else just used the softs and super softs. Hmm. Wow, that's so weird. Yeah. Have they, have they messed, someone messed up the order? <laughs> it almost <laughs> sounds like the it, tire doesn't order. it? <laughs> what? That's so bizarre. Um, um, yeah, so... So it, I mean, conclusive. In conclusion to the in the answer to the question, 
that you two didn't answer, I'll answer it. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I think they did. I I did think they pitted him too early, probably about eight laps too early. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Which is exactly when Hamilton came in. Yeah. Um. So yeah, by the end of by the end of the race, those tires were absolutely ragged down to the canvas. They were and you kept ruined. seeing shots. Yeah. Kept seeing shots of them throughout the race of just like bits coming off of them all over the place. Just a mess, absolute mess. Um. <clears throat> Yeah, so in conclusion, they pitted him too early. The next thing to happen in the race, um, Ricardo um, went out with a clutch failure on a brand new spec Renault engine. I think spec Yeah, C. did they put the C spec? Because obviously he had the issues in, was it free practice or quality? I can't remember where it was now. He lost the engine at one point, didn't he? He had, a, um, he had a technical, he had an electronic issue yeah. at the, uh, in practice, yeah. yeah, which they solved quite quickly. Right. Um, so that's. But the. But the but that it was like a, that was a really minor thing. That was just that was a almost a oh what was it? It was a fuel flow thing that they'd not set up properly in the electrics or something like that. But um, this was uh, the clutch went, so he was out of the race. Um, it sounds like Christian Horner was. I, I watched practice over the weekend, Christian uh, on Friday, and Christian Horner was saying that they've had to sort of repackage quite a lot of different bits and bobs to fit this engine into the car. And I just wonder if I mean, well, it's I mean, it's testament to to why maybe they're getting these failures in the yeah. Red Bull. Yeah, I mean, the fact that it's the clutch, not the act, like the engine itself, seems to have survived yeah. fine. It was just the clutch that failed, so it's not necessarily Renault's fault this time. But that's true. Yeah, it is another f- by third party. Yeah, clutches. but it is another failure Sorry. on a Renault car that's not happening on other Renault cars for sure. Mm. So, um, Daniel yeah. Ricciardo's sort of quote afterwards that was them if i need to take an engine penalty in singapore i might just not turn up yeah <laughs> so he's yeah, looking I forward mean, well, to the that. whole point yeah the whole point of them doing this here at this race was so that they'd have a a, a good engine yeah. for singapore because that's a track they're where they get the, it's a street circuit and they're known for being good at street circuits red bull that's they want to win there they've got a good chance of winning yeah, yeah because obviously with the issues he'd not gotten out of q3 addis uh, sorry q1 um He'd not gotten out, so they took a lot of new end. He got out of Q- no, he did get. It. He got out of Q one, but he didn't run That's, in Q two. There we go. That's what I'm thinking then. But but ultimately, because of that, he's um, he's taken a lot of new components, which is what had him start at the back, isn't it? In in the actual yeah. race. So, but like you say, that was in foresight of let's just take the penalties here, where we're already fairly far back as it far back as it is. Take the penalties and then. Hopefully, have something decent for Singapore. Yeah, yeah. It certainly looks like he's gonna—he's not gonna need a new engine for Singapore, though, from what I can read. So, hopefully, uh, yeah. What I've seen Horner saying is Horner does not expect them to need anything that would cause a penalty for Singapore. That is a relief, which is obviously given that practice and and so on goes as expected in Singapore. But because that's four retirements in six races, I mm-hmm. think he's had now. Yep. It's just, just a shambles. I bet he can't it? wait it's to be in that Renault now. <laughs> I bet he can't. However much faster um, the Red Bull is than the Renault, at least they're finishing the race in the points where he's like having an early shower every weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was uh, Ricardo's failure. Meanwhile, Hamilton stayed out and dropped back um, by about five seconds. He pitted on lap 28. Um, his was 2.4 seconds, um, but he did get much younger tyres out of it and a whole 
five seconds worth of clean air out of it yeah. to catch up. Um, Bottas stayed out even longer and um, was in, instructed to back Raikkonen up into Hamilton, which ruined well, which people people say ruined Raikkonen's tires. But I'm not convinced that the tires would have lasted. It anyway. won't have helped. Like they would have yeah, gone. I don't think it but... was the 100 percent reason that it happened, but it will have obviously been a contributing factor. Um, but yeah, I'm. I, like I, I don't like it either way. So, like for me, I'm not bothered if it's like Ferrari doing it, Mercedes doing it, Renault doing it. I'm not bothered. Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't very pleased when I heard the message over the radio. Like, yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it. I just don't really like mm. it. <laughs> it's, I, I, I understand. I mean, you want to see them properly racing wheel to wheel, but at the end of the day, that me- that message comes over the radio. Ferrari know what this that they've played their card there. Ferrari know what the situation is, so it's up to Raikkonen to get past it. Yeah, if Ra- if Raikkonen's that much quicker, he should be able. He's on fresh tires. He ought to be getting yeah. past him. Um, yeah. The other thing about it that I I agree with you. It's not what you want to see. You want to see him racing properly, but still, like Ferrari have done it enough. Oh yeah, it's it's kind of just desserts for the number of times that. They've used Kimi as a weapon, um, and yeah. it, it is like <laughs> their chickens coming home to roost almost. For the number of times they've pitted yeah, Kimi or... early or whatever, yes. and like that's just what it is. But it's I just like like I say I I don't condone it, no matter who's doing it or why. So it's just not for me because yeah. you know in my head I sort of think that if Bottas was allowed to stretch his legs a little bit, fair enough, leave him out longer to to hinder Raikkonen, but to sort of almost directly say, slow him up a bit so Lewis can catch up. That's more of the bit that I didn't like. Like, let I Bottas mean, run his race for a longer stint and, you know, potentially leave himself within a chance of that that podium and, and maybe even the win, ultimately, potentially, if he's still in that fight. But mm. I, I think... I don't think he had the pace for the well, win. Well, yeah, all right, then it's maybe a stretch. But I just think directly saying, hold him up, is a little bit yeah. too far for me. I will say, this though... Is, this, is the most passionate, this is the most passionate I've heard Tom <laughs> get about this. I will <laughs> say, though, to, to Bottas's credit in that, when... When Raikkonen came behind him and he was asked to hold Raikkonen up, Bottas was behind Verstappen still at that point. Um, and while he was holding Raikkonen behind him, he was still making inroads on the lead Verstappen had. So it's not like he was just very cynically driving slowly to ruin Kimi's race. He was still yeah. going at a pace to reel in Verstappen, who is at that point the person... Well, for the whole race, that's the person he was racing for that third place. So yeah, it's not like he was just only out there to slow things up he was still racing at a decent pace yeah he was still going he was still properly properly going it was not like he was parking it on the apex no. just to slow him down is it like he was yeah. going he was he was trying to get ahead of thing i think like it's, it's almost when you look at it that way it's almost a non-instruction because of course he wants to hold Raikkonen up he's in a race with him he don't yeah. want him to go past yeah. him he wants to try and beat him like if he was still in the williams yeah they might say don't bother wasting your time holding him up but he's not he's in the yeah. car that Ferrari are fighting for championships with. Yeah. I guess the counter argument to what I'm saying is that they deliberately put him on a strategy which would, which did relegate him to no better than third. Yeah. But then again, he was never going to get better than third, was he? Probably not. No, you're probably he right. Never and the strategists know that. The team know that. 
Yeah. Um, so at that point in the race, if uh, Raikkonen's ass was grass, <laughs> Hamilton was a lawnmower <laughs> because he because he was catching him at a heck of a pace, yeah. and he was on him within within a couple of laps. That he was right back up there with him. He caught him so so quickly. Um, uh, on his eight lap younger soft tires, and he made the move of eight laps to go on that forty five. Um, I'd I'd give Mercedes an A for strategy this week, guys. Yeah, I've got to say it, we've they've been wobbly a few times this season, but they absolutely nailed it this time. The strategy was good, especially if you, if you include Valtteri Blockas. <laughs> oh, sorry, huge. I had to had to Valtteri oh, Blockas. Someone's been on Facebook. <laughs> Is that genuinely a Facebook comment? Oh, I thought like oh, it's like a few people have been. Oh, saying I thought stuff I might like have coined yeah, yeah. my own original term. Oh, did you, <laughs> you come up with that one yourself? Uh, well, I thought I had. <laughs> Apparently not. Apparently not. If um, it's been on Facebook a while, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you can, you can still come up with it yourself, Tom. You, you, I wasn't influenced <laughs> in my yeah, yeah. creation of that. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay, so yeah, Mercedes strategy was spot on. Um, Shall we move on to the Bottas Verstappen fight? Yes, let's. Because that was the next sort of big. I suppose Hamilton. This was just before the Hamilton overtake, actually. So, we're, like I said, we're not necessarily in chronological order. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, Bot- Verstappen did he move in the braking area? Yes. R- riddle me that. Yeah, it was shocking. I don't know why he was complaining about his penalty. That was. You can't do that at all. <laughs> I'm also confused about why he's protested the penalty when he very clearly didn't leave a car width because of the way that he barged into Bottas. Bottas was ending up on the grass if he'd have carried on and not hit Bottas. So, and it's yeah. not like he didn't know he was there. So, I, again, I agree. I can't see why he was complaining about that one. If a car's running along the white line and you make contact, that's only one person's fault. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to hear what the haters had to say about it? <laughs> yes. Oh, this bit again. This could be a new segment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need a jingle. <laughs> yeah. Um, this guy, whose name um, I won't say on air, says this. Hamilton didn't get a penalty for running Seb off the road, but Verstappen is penalised for inconsequential contact with Bottas. <laughs> inconsequential? Yeah, inconsequential. <laughs> Unless all four wheels are on the grass. <laughs> inconsequential <laughs> it's, um, it's an interesting choice of words I yeah. think and Hamil- Hamilton he thinks Hamilton ran Vettel off the road as well the the lenses that people watch Formula 1 and we're all <laughs> guilty watching, of it watching a like we're all race. guilty of it but it's it is hilarious it's, do you know what <laughs> I think there are there are two sports that I've followed in the entire world where people are ridiculously blinkered beyond belief one is soccer slash football slash whatever you call it where you come from and the other is probably formula one where it's just yeah. like my team is the team that is always in the right and they are never ever wrong it's almost like <laughs> when the guy sits there saying that was not offside it was not offside when it clearly was it's like yeah he did not ram him off the road when he clearly did it's yeah it's probably one um, of the most blinkered sports at times i must admit this guy put a, a little hashtag on the end of his comment as well. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Do you want to know what that was? Oh, was it Valtteri yes. Blockass? <laughs> no, it wasn't. It Damn. wasn't. It wasn't actually. But I bet he wishes he did. If he listens to this podcast, he'll definitely wish he put that now. Um, <laughs> he put hashtag fake sport. This is a Formula oh, One. Oh, dear. Fan. Apparently, it's a, a fake sport. One, it's a fake sport now, yeah. So, yeah. Um, while, while we're 
sort of talking about football fans and F1 fans, um, can we just quickly mention all of the booing on the podium and how... how? I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about it. Like, I know in sport you always have, like, pantomime villains or whatever, but certainly, like, in recent years, it's just got to a ridiculous level. At that particular circuit, I think it has... Like you, you always get a little bit of like like Vettel always gets a bit of it at Silverstone and so did Rosberg, but like the level and it wasn't even just booing, it was like some pretty offensive things being chanted at Lewis yeah. Hamilton. It's like That's not on. There's a certain level that I think I just, like have have some respect for the guy that has won. Yes, it might not be your guy, yeah. but like Yeah. Well I actually, think... you know what? This leads me into another um another comment from an actual genuine nice fan not all not all oh, the, yeah. not all good. people are haters so I, di- I didn't want it to all be hater comments so <laughs> um this guy whose name i will read out because he's, he's he sounds like a nice chap he's called morgan paul clifford and he says none of the results went the way i would have liked them to but damn what a great race this was a great showcase for f1 racing and if you didn't like it it's because you're salty your driver team didn't do as you expected. Mine had his clutch slash engine blow up. Uh, gritted teeth, face sad. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's fair point though, isn't it? Good Where thing. like, as much as you're a fan of a particular driver or a particular team, I think that when you see an entertaining race, you have to sit there and sort of just factor it out for a minute. That yeah, fair enough. Your driver might have been run off the road and it's cost him a position or he might have had contact in turn one and it's ended his race or an engine failure might have taken him out but you still sit there for 90 minutes or whatever it is total for a Formula 1 race these days and watch the rest of that race because it's entertaining yeah I think with yeah. some of these comments it's like how high must those people's blood pressure be like by the end <laughs> I of the know, race right? like if, they, if they've fought that and then they've waited because some, these are all from like today these, these yeah. comments <laughs> so like they must have been so cross at the time like I do to, to then hours well 24 hours later to be writing on Facebook about it with such such vitriol <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think that as well like I'm completely with Chris with what he was saying about it's Yes, you will get a little bit of um, sort of a bit of a jeer or or whatever the pan that that pantomime aspect of yeah you know certain scenarios. But I think the thing that sort of generally tends to happen in other places like is more that this there's definitely still respect there for whoever's ended up on the top step. Whereas I think in certain places we don't get that anymore and. Unfortunately, I think Monza is one of them, which is a shame because it is an absolutely amazing circuit and an absolutely amazing atmosphere other than that one moment. Um, You know, to be sat as part Mm. of the the Ferrari fan base while you're there is... It must like, be an incredible thing. Yeah, yeah. But imagine if they'd won it. Imagine yeah, if they'd exactly. Won it. And that's that's the sort of complete swing on it, isn't it? Like it is such an amazing place to be able to go and experience a Formula One race and be part of that whole environment. But I would feel sort of slightly ashamed of my fellow F1 fans if I was stood in the middle of them and they were booing whoever was on that top step yeah, because he's not in red. And I don't, I don't yeah. condone it anyway. Like as much as. I will always profess to be sort of a, a British F1 fan, as in I will follow the British drivers. 
it, when Vettel wins at Silverstone, I don't stand there and boo him while I'm stood on the on the circuit watching the podium. I, I applaud him because he's won the race. Like, yeah, it's just I don't know. It's no mean feat to win a race. Yeah, like, I don't understand the logic. The that did. So, but that that's yeah. just my. I think they're just. It, yeah, I think the thing is that a lot of these sort of attitudes come through a very narrow lens, don't they? As Chris was saying. Yeah, yeah. So it's a shame though because it's a it's a negative end to. Like probably the best race, race. like this yeah. Season. This is, I think you say, Stu. This race will like will be seeing yeah reruns of this as like classic race. Yeah, agreed. From twenty eighteen, definitely, it's one for the ages. It's absolutely yeah, it one really for is. the ages. Like in ten years' time, they'll still be talking about the race yeah. where for forty five laps there was a second in it. Yeah, between yeah. the top two, you know, it wasn't forty five laps because Hamilton pitted, so it was forty five minus eight. 30 what help me lads 37 <laughs> 45 minus 8 30, for 37 laps there was less uh, it was hovering around a second it was seesawing between 1.2 seconds and 0.4 seconds yeah. between the top two drivers how often do you see in formula exactly. one a proper race for the lead like that between the two fastest cars in the world no less yeah it just brilliant absolutely brilliant stuff yeah and what what's amazing again i say this a lot but the most amazing thing about it is that the, the only common component on both of those two cars are the four tires everything yeah. else every nut bolt every piece of carbon fiber every shape every body bit is totally different it's it is sort of quite fascinating that two very different cars built in very different ways can actually be so close together for so long on a race circuit i think yeah. it does it goes testament to the two different laps. builds and the two different strategies mm. of the and team is... and that that's where they both sort of end up it's that close yeah, and this is like one of the many reasons i love the sport yeah exactly yeah absolutely and and i think that's the difference between us as fans and the kind of fan that would not not talking about us as in a meter sense but i mean like the fans that who that are fans of the actual sport genuine fans of the sport and these sort of narrow, more narrow, fo- narrowly focused fans is that we just want to see a great race. Yeah. You're not particularly, yeah, you have your guy and, and you know, you're happy when he does well, but you're not, you're not hating on people for other people for yeah. not, yeah. that's it. It's a needless not, hate, yeah, isn't it? You're not getting your way. Yeah, it seems strange to me. Anyway, um, where are we up to? We've got Bottas. Yeah, so let's go through. So, oh, sorry. Yeah, I meant to ask. The penalty for Verstappen, was that too harsh? It was five seconds, five seconds. wasn't it? So I'd say yes. probably not. That's it. I'd say that's spot yeah, on. Yeah, I honest. don't think you can give him much less, really, can you? Um, yeah. So he, he, he didn't give him the speed. He, he caused a collision. It's a five-second yeah. penalty. That's I, I think that's fine. Yeah. There's the rules. Yeah. Break the rules. You get a person. I'm with you. I'm with you both. Okay. Um, so as a result of that penalty, Bottas finished third and Vettel managed to fight his way back to fourth with Verstappen finishing fifth um, Raikkonen finished second getting a hundredth career podium and there's an absolutely brilliant video from Formula One um, the the official Formula One page about celebrating his 100 podium so you should definitely check that out if you get time yeah pretty exclusive club actually yeah it's very it's only five drivers in that club including Raikkonen Um, can you name the other four Schumacher yeah, Schumacher, Hamilton. Yeah, Vettel. Yeah, Vettel, Vettel and Raikkonen and 
Oh, who is Prost? the last one? Who's the last one? I think it might be Prost, but I need to double check. I'd, I'd guess yeah. it's Prost, but that's just an sort of an educated guest. Let's have a quick <laughs> look. There's a graphic on here somewhere. I'm just going to look up Alan Prost specifically because I'm that confident it's him. Hmm. <laughs> oh, where is it? Number of podiums for Alan Prost, 106. There you go. There we go. Victory. <laughs> ah, I've just found the graphic. Yeah, 106. <laughs> 128 for Hamilton, 155 for Schumacher, 107 for Vettel, and 100 for Raikkonen. Well done, Kimi Raikkonen. Well done. That's interesting. Like, Hamilton's not that far behind Schumacher in terms of podiums. No. It's just that almost all of Schumacher's ones were wins. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's the crazy thing, isn't it? Um, yeah. So, um, the final bit of news uh, about the race was the Haas cars were both disqualified, which would have had a bearing on your um, predictions results, those of you who take part in predictions, because it meant that only 16 cars finished. So. I don't think Magnussen was disqualified because he's still classified. Is he? Yes. So the Renault um, protest against him was specifically Grosjean's car. Yeah. Um, I think I'm writing saying that's because you can't protest a team, you can protest a car. So they obviously picked Grosjean because he, was he finished ahead of the points. Renaults on the road. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was only actually Grosjean that was disqualified. Right. That's all oh, right. Okay. So where did which is interesting? I don't. I don't know if Magnus was running the same floor though because it mustn't have been because um, they would have disqualified him as well. It's yeah, Grosjean it had the same one on. Yeah, Grosjean had the new floor in some of the free practice sessions, as far as I'm aware, as well, which is where it was first spotted. But obviously, Renault didn't take a liking well, to it. Well, to be fair, Magnussen was last on the road anyway. Yeah. yeah. It actually looks like they've had this floor since Canada. Really? Um, yeah, so what, it, what people seem to think is that the FYI weren't happy with it... Um, to begin with and they kind of had a bit of back and forth and i think it sounds like they basically gave them a certain amount of time to like get it sorted um and i think singapore was kind of the last point where other teams would be able to protest against it so renault were like well this is their last chance so we're going to do it well no no it wasn't Mm. not well that's not quite what i've read about it that one um i read that it was a it's something that they've all had. A, there's a number of teams doing this particular trick with the floor, which is connecting the barge boards to the tea tray, essentially. So if you don't know what the tea tray is, that's when you look at the car from the side, there's a little bit that sticks out underneath the main body of the car yeah. where the plank's attached to it. And it's that it's the very front leading edge of that. And people are, have been connecting it to the barge boards. So it means that you can't tell where the tea tray ends and the barge board begins. And... It's supposed to form a certain profile when looked at from above or below. And as a result of connecting it to the barge board, it doesn't form that profile. So it makes it impossible to tell where it ends and where one ends and the other ends. It's it's like the problem is it's like what should be a specific part you measure, the way they're connecting it, it doesn't make it obvious where you are supposed to measure this distance, basically. So... And that's the and that's the issue that has been taken. And so, all the at least one of a team has made amendments to. I don't know which. Probably Renault. Probably Renault. Yeah. At least one of a team has made amendments and fixed it so that that isn't the case anymore. And Haas 
put in a request so that they could keep it until Singapore, but didn't get a response. And they've run it anyway, and Renault have seen, and they've lodged the protest against the thing. They were warned that someone might protest against it. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's um, what I read happened anyway. I don't know. I, yeah, it seems logical as to yeah. you know the the train of events, doesn't it? So, and I'm sure the fact that at this race Haas went level with points uh, with Renault has absolutely nothing. Oh to do no, with nothing that. to do with it, Chris. <laughs> Complete coincidence. Yeah, yeah. There. Total coincidence. Total coincidence. <laughs> so, um, on that note, so that's unfortunate for yeah, unfortunate for Grosjean. Good points in the bag. Um, one almost it's their second highest finish of the season. I think fifth. They, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as um, as Ted Kravitz said, he continues to make it difficult for them to fire him. <laughs> it does. It's true. It does. Um, anyway, driver of the day, the official driver of the day, and I'm not sure what the voters were watching this week, but the official <laughs> driver of the day was Raikkonen. Which it was to just me, wishful thinking, wasn't it? If he'd won it, <laughs> it was. Yeah, he didn't win it, did he? So how can he be driver of the, the day? The only thing I can think of there is that they open up driver of the day voting a while before the end of the race. They and do. I guess at the point yeah. people were voting, he was probably still winning. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing he was going to think of. Yeah. Um, driver of the day. Um, um, for me, I've I've got to say Hamilton, man. Like he he didn't make a single mistake. He kept his cool. He kept his tyres cool, crucially, and he did what he had to do to win the race. With the help of his team, admittedly, but yeah. still, like, it takes a, a very, very strong drive to, to beat mm-hmm. that for a faster Ferrari. Let's not forget that Ferrari's faster than yeah, the definitely. at the minute. Definitely. Um, so for me, um, that's why I say Hamilton. I think, I think I mentioned to Bottas as well, like, obviously, whatever you think about his role in that race, he played that role perfectly mm-hmm. like Bottas basically didn't put a foot wrong the entire race the only difference was he wasn't fast enough to be fighting for the win he was fighting for third <laughs> yeah um the two Williams guys as well um they finished 10th 11th on the road which became 9th and 10th um saying so second time Williams has scored points all season I think more quietly solid drives from both of their guys yeah, yeah. also um, the f- both Force Indias Force Indias 6th and 7th yeah yeah see Sorokin as well has broken his duck, which gets your little statistic on track, Chris. For yes, everyone that's driven has scored now. Yeah, yeah. until a great stats. Until they boot um, someone out of Williams and hmm. bring in a F two driver who won't get a single point yeah. at some point this season. <laughs> Hopefully not. Uh, the way the driver market's going, I can see a bit of chopping and changing before Singapore, but that's just my opinion. Potentially, yes. I guess it all depends on what um, the new Force India owners decide to do, doesn't it? Yeah, I think um, that hangs in the balance a little bit. Yeah. Um, normally, I like to go for a best of the rest drive in this, but ideally, that would normally be Grosjean if he wasn't disqualified for the floor. So it's it's <laughs> well, hard to still, go down he that still, road. He could, he could still be driver of the day. He, like, he, it was a fairly solid fault. drive. He kept the two strong Force Indias behind him, all, and they weren't that far behind him, realistically. So. No. And he um, made the pass for sixth position on track as well. I yeah, believe. like it it wasn't a bad drive until the the disqualification. So yeah. I'd be tempted to at least give him a notable mention, but okay, it's hard. It's I think it's a bit hard to look past Hamilton, like what Stu's saying as well. So I agree with that. 
Yeah. Okay. So I think we are we semi unanimous. I think so. Yeah. Semi, we, are, we are semi unanimous. As much as I'd like to give it Grosjean as a consolation prize, I would have looked we'll for Hamilton. I would have loved to have been able to give it to Raikkonen. I really, really, yeah, me too. really wanted Raikkonen to win this. I was really rooting yeah. for him, and I wanted to see the party. On the <laughs> yeah, it would have been incredible. Afterwards. It would have been mad, but no cigar. A move yeah. of the day. I've got Hamilton on Vettel in the second chicane on lap one. And I've also got... That's controversial. <laughs> no, well, yeah. it, it's the move that won him the race. It, 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 put him in, in, it put him in contention. He Hamilton put his car in exactly the right position on the racetrack to force Vettel into an error. And I, I would argue that on, was it lap four, when Hamilton took the lead and Raikkonen got the lead back? Yeah. The move Raikkonen put on Hamilton was basically the same move that Hamilton put on Vettel, but I think Raikkonen's one was more impressive. It was yeah. definitely later on the brakes than Hamilton was because he was fully. Yeah, up it was late on the yeah. brakes. It was cleaner. It was just the right amount of aggression. Mm, yeah, but my, then how much did Hamilton yield at that point? Though, yeah, true. My my two that I was debating putting forward were probably Hamilton round the outside on Raikkonen in the first chicane, and then mm-hmm. the follow-up move, which Chris has just mentioned, of Raikkonen around the outside of Hamilton in the second <laughs> yeah. chicane. We, we may um, have to give them a joint uh, move of the day for that one. To be honest, I actually don't think it's any of those. I think it's Vettel on Perez into the Ascari yeah. chicane. I've got that one down as well. That's, that, that, that was is a, a good hell one. of a move. That yeah, was, it was a good one. one hell of a move, that. Because... The onboard from it's that is It's a lot crazy. harder to overtake there. Yeah, the onboard from that a, is monstrous. Yeah, it was a proper commitment move. Yeah. It's that one for me. Can can we make Vettel a little bit happier this weekend and give him that then? Yeah, let's yeah, do that. Yeah, I think, I think Vettel deserves something this weekend, so let's give him... Let's <laughs> do it. He, yeah, he did make it a great race, and he's given us a fantastic podcast show to do this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty to talk about. Um, speaking of Vettel... Honestly, what the f*** are we doing here? Um, would you guys like to pick a WTF moment? Um, I think I'd be willing to put forward Max Verstappen complaining about his penalty. Like, why complain about that penalty? Because it was obvious that he was always going to get something for it because it was a daft move. I imagine he'll re-watch the video of that after the race and go... All right, yeah, fair enough. Mm. <laughs> like, it was, no one was going to, well, actually, I say no one debate that, but clearly some people are going to debate that because <laughs> we've already heard from them. But, um, yeah, I can go with that because it was just so necessary. Like, he didn't really gain anything by doing it. In fact, he lost by doing it in the end. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else could potentially be. Uh, there were, well, I mean, there was the very there's, there was a Hartley smash at the very beginning of the race that that was all a bit unnecessary. I thought yeah, there's plenty yeah. of space. It's pretty wide where they crashed, and it just sort of got pinched. So but how about it's the race start, isn't it? It's, it happens. Yeah. How about whoever ordered the tires for for us? Yes. Yeah, that could be a yes. good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Let's have that definitely. The the, <laughs> the tire the tire order slip up <laughs> for Ferrari. <laughs> that's definitely my one. Yeah, I agree with that. Tom, you on board? Yeah, why not? We've All talked enough about Verstappen already. Yeah. <laughs> okay, shall we do a bit of news? Yeah, let's yeah. run any headlines. Yeah, we've, we've, got, we've, got, we've got a whole bunch of stuff left to talk about, so why the heck not? Um, Lando Norris is going to McLaren. Another piece of the 
driver market puzzle slots into place. Um, not mm-hmm. entirely unexpected, I don't think. From we all the... had him down personally, I think. We across do. The three I've, of yeah. Us. yeah, I've got the uh, I've got the sheet in front of me. We do indeed all have him down as the McLaren driver for next season. Um, it's like I'm excited for him. He's, a, he's an exciting young driver. It's great to see him getting a seat. But my overwhelming emotion with all this is that I just feel really sorry for Stoffel. He's, yeah, he, he's, how is Stoffel van Dorn when he came into Formula 1 any different from what Charles Leclerc is now? This, well, this is the thing. It's like McLaren staying with stay were like how, you know, Norris is this exciting young talent for the future. And that's exactly what they said about van Dorn when they brought him into Formula 1. And, you know, I know we like to say a lot about um, Red Bull as being like career killers, but McLaren have done their fair share of that over the years as well. Like they nearly ruined Perez's career. They're doing mm. it now to Van Dorn. Um, Magnussen. <laughs> Magnussen, yeah, did a good job of trying to ruin his career. They're ending up a bit backed up though as well, in a similar way to what Red Bull have in the past where they've got quite a few because you've got to remember Nick De Vries, who is also doing quite well in F2, is also a McLaren driver. Yeah, that's yes. true actually. I always forget about him. That's another one um, in the system. They've sort of got the problem uh, Red Bull had for a number of years, which they now have the opposite of. Yeah, it's it's like drivers doing well in F2 is a curse if you've got a lot of them, because it, even if you've got two of yeah. them in from your um, youth system that are doing well in F2, if one of them ends up somewhere near a title, like obviously Norris is at the minute, but... Like if they win that, they can't continue to compete in that series, and that's I guess I understand why F two has that rule, but it's why maybe some of these drivers get a little bit cut and changed so suddenly because yeah, there's not really anywhere else for them to go at that point other than a reserve drive or a test drive or something like that. Do you know the last time McLaren had two brand new drivers? Like, as in two rookies? Or... No, no two, two new drivers to the team. Maybe Micker and David? It was Hamilton Alonso, wasn't it? Yeah, he was. Uh, he, was yeah, a, yeah. he was another experienced Spanish driver and young British rookie. So <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it goes a bit better yeah. for them this time. Yeah. We all know how that turned out. Yeah, I'm excited to see how he does. Um, I do think he's been inconsistent in Formula 2 this year. Um like obviously him and George Russell coming into F2 at the same time was like the you know there were two young drivers with a lot behind them and a lot of expectation yeah and i think russell has proved himself to be the more complete consistent yeah. driver like norris is definitely a very good race driver but his qualifying he's, is not what it could be his qualifying has been letting him down and he's been he doesn't perform every single race whereas like like Russell, for example, when we saw them in Hungary, like he ended up starting from the back for a technical yeah. issue, I think, and he just methodically plodded his way back through the field Found and the points eventually, yeah. got like a decent points. Whereas um, won the races in Monza this weekend, Norris started near the back and just didn't really make any headway. And you, mm. you know, I know it's different tracks on different days, but Russell seems to be able to pull out these results that Norris hasn't been able to, and he's looking good to win the title now. Um, yeah. Uh, Russ- yeah, Russell I think, has... I think Norris has only won one race this season in F2. Yeah, first race. He's had a few, he won the first few race. podiums and since. stuff like that, but yeah, he's yeah. not... He's the Kimi Raikkonen. He's the, he's the Kimi Raikkonen of Formula 2. <laughs> yeah. 
um, <laughs> Russell podium. extended his champion le- championship lead this weekend to 22 points. And yes. There's two events and four races to go. We've got Sochi and Abu Dhabi. And Toto is, I think, desperately searching for a seat for him in F1. He needs... It'll be criminal if yeah. he doesn't end up with a seat. It, yeah. It, it is always a shame if you need F2 champion, who obviously cannot race in that series again, is stuck without a seat where your second, third, fourth place drivers end up with seats. Um, and it is a shame, for sure. Toto is probably almost hoping, hoping uh, Norris goes yeah, on to win I the title. So. I think so. I think that... Russell's got yeah, somewhere I to think, be for him. I think year. Russell would be better off not winning the title. It sounds crazy, but I think he'd be better off not winning the title yeah. this season, the way things are going in Formula 1. Um, mm. And let's not forget Toto still has to find Ock on a seat thing, somewhere yeah. as yeah. well. I've got a funny feeling that... Um, one of them, one of those two, might end up at Williams now. But yeah, yeah, that's definitely one avenue did I, for them yeah. both. Did I not have Russell at Williams? Just uh, like you, that. yeah, you've got Russell at Williams. You got Russell and Sorokin at Williams. Yeah, I think we both had him at Force India, yeah. didn't we? Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Russian driver, Formula Two. Markalov. Markalov. Markalov's supposed to be at Williams next yes. season. Yeah, he's getting linked with Williams as well, yeah. though, which would be quite good. Markov's a decent driver. I think he, he deserves a shot. Yeah, and uh, just a final one on driver movement as well. Leclerc um, is to Ferrari is a deal that's looking like it's back on. Yeah, yeah. That this weekend as well. The yeah. feeling now generally seems to be that uh, Sergio Marconi was the one who was pushing for this, obviously, before um, the sad news we had a few weeks ago. Um, and it seems like they're now leaning towards wanting to kind of honour the plan that he had put in place. I think it's the right thing um, to do. I think it's absolutely yeah. the right thing to do. Obviously, you need to make these decisions based on a business decision and not an emotional decision, which we all know Ferrari are brilliant at. Um, <laughs> it'll be the first time they've had a young driver and experienced driver together. Yeah. I, I, to be honest, I'd love to see Leclerc go to Ferrari and wipe the floor with Vettel. <laughs> it'd be interesting. I don't know it's, about you, but like, it'd be fascinating to see. Yeah. It, that that could be like a for that could be we mentioned a minute ago the uh, experienced driver and the and the new driver at a top team in the yeah. Hamilton Alonso it could be a repeat of that at Ferrari could yeah. well be um but yeah that's all to come next season I guess uh, shall we do some inbox box box yeah we've got a Let's. few um the Jean Denis Delatras posting experience has returned for another week. <laughs> Um, What's this? What is this? I missed. Oh, last did you week. miss last week? So yeah, someone referring to themselves as the John Dennis Delatraz posting experience posted a message to us, um, and I was I was board. joking. Already, I'm on board. I, well, I was joking the fact that will it be brief and short lived, much like his F1 career of what was it? So like four races. Um, <laughs> we've got like two that. episodes in, so fifty percent of the way there. <laughs> if that's the case, um, <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully, it becomes the. Kimi Raikkonen podium experience or something. <laughs> um, so originally they'd sent in just a, a quite good joke, in all honesty, of um, the fact that that he he or she thought that Lewis Hamilton's lead was going to disappear like Robert Kubica's hairline over the next few races. Excellent, excellent. Um, however, joke work. yeah. However, um, that was then followed up this weekend by um, 
That was before Vettel contracted the same disease as Grosjean has that makes drivers lose all spatial awareness within a 260-degree radius known to the public as acute Maldonado. <laughs> I apo- Well, they apologise for being led astray and putting my faith or their faith into Ferrari, a team that they don't even like. Um, would also like to say Lance Stroll sucks and I can't wait till he flames out. Why Whoa. can't he be charmingly incompetent like Narayan Karthikeyan instead of just unlikable? Wow. <laughs> Knowledgeable and funny. Good work. Jean-Denis Delatraz. Charmingly incompetent. <laughs> so yeah, um, I quite enjoy him. I quite enjoy receiving emails from the Jean-Denis Delatraz person experience right now because usually they bring a little bit of brightness to a weekday when I get them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep them coming keep them coming John yeah, Dennis, whoever you are post experience <clears throat> uh, have we got any more um, Anders Varda said Ferrari failed Kimi once again by pitting him way too early come on man um, Anders Varda our resident Ferrari yeah. fan has we've <laughs> yeah. found out yeah. or at least Kimi weeks. fan <laughs> yeah. at least yeah actually Kimi fan to be entirely come accurate on, come on man indeed um, they, they just cocked yeah. up massively didn't they they cost themselves can't cost argue with that yeah. totally. it's an accurate assessment. Um, Ellie Jane F1 said, shocked that Norris got the McLaren seat and really thought one of the Force India boys was good. Hang on, that doesn't make sense. One of the Force India boys that was going to go sense. to Force India? Interesting. Uh, I reckon maybe they mean Haas. Maybe they mean Force India boys was going to go to Haas or Williams. Yeah. Or Williams boys was going to go to Force India. Or just um, tweet at us again and let us know what you meant and we'll answer it next week. <laughs> But yeah, I, I I was starting to think that Norris wasn't going to get the seat because there'd been lots of talk about like whether he'd go to Super Formula and he had himself said like he wouldn't mind doing that for a season. Yeah. That's what it took. So it did come a little bit out of nowhere, the announcement. But um, mm. as we sort of lose to earlier, like Van Dorn's just not been getting the results recently, unfortunately. Uh, next one. Uh, next up, Peter Reynolds said 100% Vettel at fault. He sees red, should have waited 10 laps and then easily passed and won the race. He lost yes, it. Um, absolutely. Yeah, I think if he had held station, he probably would have passed Hamilton yeah. long before Hamilton passed yeah. Reikkonen. Accurate assessment again. Uh, that's life. Uh, Hamilton judged the overtake on Vettel perfectly. A bonus for him that Vettel didn't and ended up spinning. This season is beginning to have a familiar feeling to it. Yes, I absolutely agree. That's life. You, yeah. you're 100 percent right. Only this time, it's come on one race in advance of uh, last. Yeah, <laughs> I do remember saying maybe last episode. Let's hope that Ferrari and Vettel can take the fight to the end rather than um, <laughs> the implosion that occurred last season. Yeah. And I hope that this weekend was not a sign of that coming again. Yeah, I really Please. hope that it's just a blip in what so yes. far has been a super, super competitive season. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so too. Oh, Chris doesn't sound convinced though. <laughs> I have a, I just can see Ferrari doing a Ferrari again and falling apart from this point onwards and I desperately want this season yeah. to go down to the yeah, wire. Yeah, I, I really want to see Ferrari come back to Singapore, a track that they should be strong at. Like, even on previous season's form, they should be on form here and I want them to come back, win it and... What have we got after that? Russia, Sochi after that, and then Japan. Yeah. Maybe Japan's another place for them. But like, I, I just need... I feel like I want them to pick up points now because I want to see this title fight going backwards yeah. and forwards. Well, That's what's made it so interesting. Put, this put it this way. Hamilton will have a retirement at some point. That's just yeah. that's good. Yeah, he's got to. That is absolutely good. But happen. the unfortunate thing for Ferrari at the minute is he's got one in hand and some to spare. 
That's mm. true. So, um, but the, for, for Mercedes are going to be pushing that engine like you will not yeah. believe. So this is far from over, believe me. Um, yeah. Shall we go over the predictions really quick? Uh, yeah, shall I look after yeah, predictions this week? Yeah. Um, so to cover us first, um, <coughs> we all got fastest qualifier wrong. I had Hamilton, you guys both had Vettel. None of us had Raikkonen. Uh, we all went for Vettel for the win. Yeah. Um, we had Grosjean, Verstappen and Gasly for first DNF as we alluded to Gasly was all oh so close but you went for the wrong Toro so it was in fact Hartley and then number of finishers unfortunately was 16 with uh, Grosjean's uh, disqualification mm-hmm. otherwise me and Stu would have got a yeah. point I, you know what 16 is my go um, too as well I always go 16 and I yeah. changed it and stupid annoyed stuff. myself there and then random driver signs. Uh, we had him tenth, eleventh, and twelfth. He actually came eighth. We uh, underestimated mm. him, unfortunately. Mm. Um, our top scorers this week were Tom Mayhew and John Barwise, both getting three out of five each. Mm. Decent score. Uh, they both got a number of finishes right. Um, Tom got Kimi's fastest qualifier and uh, Carlos Sainz finishing position. John got Lewis Hamilton winning and Brendan Hartley as first DNF. As did quite a few people actually. Um, as for the overall standings, uh, Oleg Sidorov has outscored both of his nearest rivals, so he's now in the lead by two whole points now from Dominic Poole, yeah. um, with Henrik Lindoff a further point and a half behind, so still very, very close at the top. Um, Stu, you are in 10th, Tom, you're 14th, and I remain down in 50th. Oh, he's getting worse. <laughs> A single point. As, yeah, yeah, a few people as, around me score points. more and more people enter, Chris just plummets down the order. <laughs> people like enter and score more points um, than Chris has got at the minute. It's ridiculous. <laughs> We've, um, I've also agreed to uh, a little mini sweepstake between myself and our reigning champions, Dat's Life, who are also not having the best season there in 25th place at the moment. Um, we're going to have a little wager between me and them on who can score the most points between now and the end Ooh. of the season. Um, well, as we've both been scoring quite badly, we both want some excitement. Luckily for you, um, they didn't score either this week, so that saves you some blushes No, there. so we're both off to a cracking yeah. start. <laughs> um, we haven't quite decided what the uh, the wager is going to be for on that, um, but we'll figure that out sooner or later. Obviously, if you have suggestions on the, the forfeit between the two of them, then yeah, please do free, feel free to send them in. But I think it's safe to say that we're going to have new champions this season. So I think that's life. Just wanted a bit more excitement. <laughs> um, shall we just have a, do a really quick one on Fantasy League as well? Do you want to do that? Yeah, it takes to Fantasy League Corner if you want. Okay, just give me a second to sign in. I will preamble that by saying that I didn't look at mine. I don't think ahead of this race. I didn't look at mine either. I haven't, I I haven't looked in three <laughs> race weekends since last time Stu brought this up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so on the uh, F1 Fantasy League, we have in the lead of our championship still the racing incidents are just ahead of myself greenwood festival of speed um where's tom tom you're down in eighth on our league and chris where's chris i can't even see you oh dear Uh, 14th 14th there he is back back of the grid chris there i'm looking for chris back of the grid and it says back of the grid um yeah, so keep obviously more submissions, more more people in the championship. We've we only got about a few in there at the minute, and it'd be great to get a few more in before the end of the season. Um, if you've got a decent score, then <laughs> you'll probably do okay. 
There are some delightful names in that, by the way. I've seen one GP2 engine, GP2 engine. I have no brakes. I have no tires. Still going to send it. <laughs> yeah. Although they're not scoring very highly, they are brilliant names. So points for that, at least. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's why I'm so bad. I've got Alonso Ricardo Magnussen in my team who lost me 37 <laughs> points wow. between them. Whoa. I need that's... some serious chopping and changing before yeah. next I race. think I'm going to use my Joker this, this Ooh, race. I think up. I might need to as well. Because uh, I quite fancy getting Force India in there yes, as my that is a good actual shout. team to free up some cash for drivers. But we'll That's see. That's a great shout. We'll see, though. We'll see. Okay, so we've got one more thing to do before the end of the episode, and that is the survey prize draw. Oh, do you not have a do you not have a thing for it? Do you not have a sound thing? Why do you want one? <laughs> It'd be good to get. But never mind. <laughs> That's supposed to be a drum roll. <laughs> Great sound. Um, <laughs> um, Chris, I think you've got a random number generator at the ready. We have a whole bunch of answers, so um, once we have a number, we can give you a name. Yeah. So shall we do that? We're ready. Give me a number, and I will tell you ready. who that is in the list. Our winner is number fourteen. Number fourteen is. Sean Facey. Hooray. Congratulations, Sean. Congratulations. You you win the hat of your choice from the Formula One store. Is that, that right? Is correct. That is right, yeah. Uh, we'll... <laughs> I, was, I was away for this whole thing. So just... <laughs> uh, yes, we will get in touch with you and find out uh, what prize you want and get it sent your way. Um, Excellent. And I think just a massive thanks to everybody who took the time to fill in our survey. It's, uh, I think it's going to be really useful in sort of shaping what we do. Yes. And um, there's some really interesting stuff in there. So yeah, massive, massive thanks to everyone who took the time to do that. Yeah. Yeah, we've got a whole lot of digesting to do. Yes. And um, once we have made some decisions, we will, of course, let you all know what they're going to be. So yeah, that's that. Anything to say, Tom? That is all. <laughs> that is all. He approves of, Tom approves of this message. So um <laughs> Next week, we'll open up the predictions again for the next race. Um, there's a prize every week for anyone who gets a clean sweep. And there's a prize for the season champion. You can like, share and subscribe to the podcast. And please do, because it really, really, really does help. From the bottom of my heart, it helps us. You can find us on Twitter at Back of the Grid F1, on Facebook by searching Back of the Grid, and on Instagram by searching at Back of the Grid. And of course, there's the website, backofthegrid.com. And that's it from all of us. So goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Good gravy. That was a long one. Um, um, I was half expecting to check the internet then and find out Grosjean had been reinstated meaning we'd have to go back and do predictions again or something (laughs) (laughs) this podcast is part of Britpod Scene an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more oh